Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Firestone Destination AT2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico, now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. Good morning, everybody. It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire on Wednesday, October 7th. What a thrilling night in sports. You had a high drama between the Yankees and the Rays. You had a fun game between the Padres and the Dodgers. Big, big war out here in California. But obviously, obviously, we have to start with Lakers in the Heat game four. Before we get to it, a quick item in house cleaning. Uh, We have a tremendous interview coming up later in the podcast with the great Field Yates. You know him from ESPN. He does fantasy. He is an NFL analyst. He's one of their best guys. Real sharp, young guy. And um, we talk about a lot. We disagree on Dak Prescott. I'm going to just put that out there. It's a spirited, civil debate. And uh, you can't find that kind of stuff anywhere right now because everything's like, you're wrong, or you're just yelling. And this is like a real good discussion. So definitely enjoy that. Remember, subscribe, rate, and review. Um, We are going to do a comment giveaway later this month. Yes, I know you guys loved it so much last month, so we'll do that again. But uh, let's, let's dive into Lakers Heat. First of all, Let's start with the gambling aspect of it. I gave you a daily double. I said the Lakers in the first quarter would cover two and a half. It went up to three. I don't know if we moved lines on this podcast, but it's possible. And uh, they did cover. Thank you to Caruso and Kuzma. B, 
big shots there late in the first. But what happened at the end of the game was this is what adds so much drama to game. So the Lakers, after LeBron makes two free throws, had locked up the victory. But the spread was still in doubt. And with one second left, Tyler Hero hits a three over the outstretched arm of Anthony Davis. And the Heat covers seven and a half. That line actually went up to eight. Um, And Tyler Hero's big shot means the Heat cover. They, of course, lost by six, and the Lakers win. A lot of places to start. I got to give Rob G credit. He called Lakers in five. They are one win away from the championship. The stat that everybody jumped on was the Lakers heading into last night were 55-0 when leading after the third quarter. Best mark in NBA history. History. A couple other teams have been, you know, 60-1 and or whatever. Nobody's been undefeated in a season leading after the third quarter. Lakers now 56-0. LeBron James, listen, he's a closer. I don't want to hear that LeBron isn't clutch. Yes, it is a fact that on the final two possessions, with the game kind of in doubt, Lakers were leading, they ran LeBron to the corner, and it was a Rondo-Anthony Davis pick and roll. Why? Well, because you get to put Duncan Robinson in a blender. Or Tyler Hero, the Heat were trying to furiously switch. They had Jimmy Butler on LeBron, but LeBron goes to the corner. You're taking the, their best defensive player, Jimmy Buckets, out of the play. It was this genius move. I don't know if LeBron called that or Frank Vogel or Anthony Davis or Rondo, but it was a great play uh, decision by the Lakers. Rondo goes to the rim for the layup, and then the next time Anthony Davis buries the three, and that's that. I will say this. KCP has been the object of much scorn and much ridicule from Lakers fans. Last year, famously, he was arrested. Ah, I don't want to, I butcher what the arrest was. It might have been like a drunken public or something. And he had to wear an ankle bracelet as a member of the Lakers. And on a couple road trips, he had to stay in LA and go in like, you know, jail for the weekend or whatever. It, it was embarrassing. Okay. He's a clutch sports uh, signee, obviously LeBron's Rich Paul guys, and they got him to uh, stick with the Lakers. And a lot of people did not like that decision. Well, I'll say this. KCP probably had his most memorable game as a Laker. Listen, in the fourth quarter, the Lakers were up two. Jimmy Butler, there's like, uh, I, I think I wrote it down, three minutes left. I take all these nerdy notes during the game. Three minutes left. Jimmy Butler gets a good look from the three. Uh, in the corner, misses, LeBron gets a rebound, races down court, hits KCP in the corner, boom, three-pointer. That swing was massive. The Lakers were up two. If Butler hits that shot, Lakers are down one. He misses, KCP hits, Lakers up five, and they never really were threatened significantly after that. The Heat didn't go away, but they never like threatened to take the lead. And then later, KCP had a gorgeous jelly layup over Duncan Robinson. And you say, oh, Big deal. He's throwing it in over Duncan Robinson. I'll tell you guys right now, Duncan Robinson's a legit six foot six. That's why he's in the league. If he were six two, he would not be in the league. Duncan Robinson is a long guy. He almost got a piece of that KCP layup, but I love the jelly off the glass. KCP finishes with, you know, what I think will be his most memorable game as a Laker. 15 points, five assists, really solid performance from him. Danny Green actually chipped in off the bench. Uh, both of those guys. Uh, contributing, but this comes down to Anthony Davis and his defense on Jimmy Butler. Yes, that was the difference. Now, I'm sure it will come out eventually who made this call. And again, I'm not taking credit away from Frank Vogel or whoever the assistant coach who was who made this decision. But when the Lakers opened, 
with AD on Jimmy Butler, it was like, ooh, I like that. Spicy. A little change. And Jimmy Butler was reluctant. He had a good start to the game still. He would get Lakers into pick and roll. But in the fourth quarter, you noticed he did not want to attack Anthony Davis. And what he did in the last game, in game three, when he had his memorable, what do you have, 40? Yeah, he had a 40-point triple-double. Jimmy Butler was getting gassed up. He was tremendous. He had no chance against Anthony Davis. Of course, he tried to attack him once. Anthony Davis like pinned it against the backboard. Butler had a good game. 22 points. But AD would sag off of him. Butler 0 for 3 from deep. He just doesn't even want to take that shot. And you can't pick and roll with Bam, who they wanted to pick and roll with, because LeBron was on Bam. It was a stroke, a master stroke by Frank Vogel and the Lakers. And Butler, listen, he was really good, 22, 10, and 9. He was also minus 11 for the Miami Heat. Jimmy Butler, 43 minutes. The guy's a warrior. I love Jimmy Butler. Now, a quick word on the MVP voting. It's really tough to vote against LeBron, who's 35 years old, just doing tremendous things. Seven for seven in the fourth quarter from the free throw line. Very clutch performance. But Anthony Davis was unbelievable at the defensive end. And here's the stat that's going to be the big one on Wednesday. Anthony Davis in 42 minutes, plus 17. The Lakers were plus 17 with Anthony Davis on the court. He only rested for six minutes. They were minus 11 with AD out of the lineup. Vogel realized it. Like, we can't pull this guy out of the game. I, I don't know if he played the entire fourth or 11 minutes of it. But AD was everywhere. And I think that defense probably gives him a slight edge in the MVP voting. Lakers only had four blocks. He had all of them. And he also had nine boards, four assists. It, I, I just thought he was the different... Listen, I'm not taking anything away from LeBron. He had a big fourth quarter. If you follow me on social media, you know I gave out a bet for Fox Sports that LeBron would have over 46.5 points, rebounds, and assists. It looked dead under. At halftime, he had something like uh, 20, uh, 23 or something very low. LeBron in the fourth quarter was an animal. Assists, rebounds, points, and of course those clutch free throws hitting the final two with 10 seconds left to put him over the 46 and a half. A great win for me on that one. But Rob G, I, I got to ask you, I know you're a LeBron guy. You know how the voting goes. Will the voters see, man, Anthony Davis's defense on Jimmy Butler was amazing. Or will they see, damn, LeBron's averaging practically a triple-double and he's 35. You got to give it to him. What's your early lean with one game to go? My lean is that Anthony Davis will not win finals MVP. I think it's going to be LeBron James and for the narrative reasons. And, you know, you can't really go wrong with either guy. But I've said, you know, almost throughout this series, I put it out on Twitter, uh, Anthony Davis has been their best player, not just in this series, but throughout the postseason. And I think anybody who watches the games, especially in these finals, LeBron James is their MVP of their team because they have right. nobody on their on their roster who can create like he can and, and defend like he can, that, that mix of, of both. But Anthony Davis is their best player. And if you watch the games, the stats probably say LeBron because like you mentioned, it's almost a 28-point triple-double. But as you mentioned, the, the defense on Jimmy Butler, the, the clutch three to kind of close it last night, the, the defensive uh, presence in the middle. He had a couple of key blocks there in the fourth quarter. The eye test tells you Anthony Davis has been their most important player. He's been the guy 
who's yeah. been the difference between what Jimmy, because Jimmy Butler and LeBron have almost played each other to a wash in in, in a handful of these games. Now I'll say at least three of them have been kind of even. The difference has been Anthony Davis. So if I had a vote, I would vote Anthony Davis. I think he's been the best player throughout the postseason and in these finals. But, you know, when it comes to voters, and I know a few voters myself, they're all about the narrative. So I See, now, that's weird. I see it the opposite way, Rob G. I see it as a lot of guys, sports writers, who are in their 40s and 50s, and they grew up worshiping Michael Jordan. And my opinion is they believe that Michael Jordan is the greatest player in NBA history. And, and I know this sounds very sinister and almost conspiracy theory-ish, but if LeBron... If LeBron doesn't get finals MVP, uh, he wasn't the best player on his team. Michael Jordan got six finals MVPs. I, I just, I can see these guys, the self-importance of some of these ink-stained wretches. And I don't know, Rob G, I just feel like some of them are probably going to lean AD. So I just crunched the numbers, okay? LeBron has 34 assists in four games now. So he's averaging eight. Uh, not quite a triple double. However, if he gets <laughs> if he gets 16 assists in game five, he'll average a triple double with the assists. Um, so I don't think he's gonna get there. But again, like it's like oh, he didn't get a triple double. It's 28, 11, and eight. You know, like he's 35 years old. And again, I, Rob G, I have been steadfast in this since he got to LA. If he wins a championship with the Lakers, will mean. Three different teams took them all from, well, Miami didn't totally go from the basement, but I believe they were not a playoff team the year he got there. I'll have to double check that. He goes to three teams. The Cavs go basement to the finals. They don't win that time. Then he goes back to the Cavs when they had Kyrie. They go to the finals and win. Goes to the Heat. I know, yeah, they got Chris Bosh too. They win a championship. And now he goes to the Lakers, who had just endured their worst, I think, five-year stretch in the history of the franchise. And he brings them to a title. But Jason, he got Anthony Davis. Everybody needs somebody. Everybody. Every single superstar in NBA Finals history has needed someone to be their wingman. Magic had Worthy and Jabbar. Larry Bird had McHale. Um... I think Dennis Johnson was a finals MVP in the late 70s. Uh, Isaiah Thomas had Joe Dumars win a finals MVP. Olajuwon had uh, Kenny Smith. Everybody has someone helping them out in the supporting cast. Nobody can do it alone. Kobe and Shaq, you go on down the list. And I, I just, the thing I keep coming back to is 35 years old. They said he was washed. He changes positions, becomes a full-on point guard. Leads the league in assists, carries the Lakers to the title. I'm I, I, I'm I'm floored by this, and I, and it's weird, Rob G. And we're gonna we don't have the time now to dig into it. We'll we'll have plenty of time in the off season. I don't help me understand the people who really genuinely hate LeBron. I'm telling you, there is this guy on Facebook who every single time I say anything on social media about LeBron, he turns it into a post, and he tags me. And eventually, you know, at the beginning, I would humor him by jumping in the comments and being like, hey, this is funny, blah, blah, blah. And I thought like, okay, maybe this guy's like a normal human being and he will enjoy the back and forth. Because you guys know me. If you hit me with a DM on IG, 
unless I'm absolutely flooded with them that day, I'll probably respond. And Rob G, this dude is like psychotic about hating LeBron. And then you start to look around and you're like, man, there's some real animosity toward LeBron. Like nothing he can do. Open a school for impoverished kids in Cleveland. Nope, not going to do it. Um, going out to Florida and helping pay off uh, felon debts so they can vote in an election. Oh, that's, that's not... People genuinely do not like LeBron James. I, I don't understand how you can't divorce the person from the basketball player because there is no argument. His basketball player record is unimpeachable. And Rob Parker, who I like, he's been on this podcast. I know Rob G, you do a radio show with him. Like this narrative that LeBron stinks and he's lost so many chips, like, like wake up, Rob. Well, I love let, you, dude. Let me just point for Rob Parker specifically, because we both know him pretty well. Yeah. I think there's a misconception about what he feels about LeBron James. Now, LeBron, I mean, excuse me, Rob has said numerous times he thinks LeBron's a great player, an all-time great player. I think he might even have him be like top three. So it's not like he's disrespecting okay. him. He just doesn't think he's as good as Michael Jordan. And then that's the debate there. But as far as, you know, the internet trolls and some other people that work in sports media, I mean, they're just clowns. I mean, they're they're looking for reasons to be upset at him. And I'll be quite honest with you, there's a lot of things you cannot like LeBron about. I mean, take up the, the politics aside, you know, the – the self-congratulating, the the uh, the whining to the officials, like that kind of stuff I can see you being, you know, rubbed the wrong way about. I mean, he rubbed some of the things the wrong way with me. But as a whole, he, what, what, what is it that he does that can get you so upset? Yeah. Well, I think, <laughs> I think what it is is Jordan to a lot of these guys is their God. They, they really feel like Michael Jordan is the greatest ever. He never lost. In the, in the finals. And I mean, listen, eventually, Rob G, we'll get to it. And I'll do an entire podcast laying out my argument about how the 90s were watered down. And, and it was the expansion era from 1988 to like 1995 when the league added, I think, seven new teams or five or seven new teams. And I mean, the, the quality of play was garbage. And that's where the talk, talks come up. Oh, Michael Jordan beat the Hornets in 1991. Go look at the plumbers they had on that roster. And then you look at the clips that are on YouTube and it's like Michael Jordan against four white guys and he's dunking all over them. And, you know, I, again, I'm not diving into it now, but I just, I, to me, it's open and shut. Yes, Jordan was great, but LeBron, what he's accomplishing here at 35, I'm just stunned. Well, just a know. quick teaser to that podcast, both Charles Barkley and Larry Bird said the mid-90s were watered down basketball. Ooh. And well, that, let's file that away somewhere. So I like that. Uh, little note. Uh, all right, so... Rob G, just to put a bow on this before we get to Field Yates, any final thoughts? Can the Heat maybe catch the Lakers napping in Game 5? Do the Lakers, we know they've lacked that killer instinct a few times, or do they come out and just step on the throat of Miami um, the way they kind of did against Denver? I lean a combination of B and C there. I think that the extra day rest is going to be huge for LeBron James because, you know, he is old and he looked like he was struggling there down the stretch in Game uh, 4. So that extra day off uh, next game is on Friday is going to be big. I think the Lakers are going to come out firing on all cylinders. I think that they are going to win that game. I'm not confused by that at all. But Miami has proven that they are not Houston. Like they yeah. are not the <laughs> Portland Trailblazers. Like they are not going to lay down for anybody. 
So, you know, that's a testament to them. But Lakers in five. I told you before the playoffs even started, this yes, was going to happen. Yes, so yes. the coronation so go is down coming. As, as your greatest call ever, Rob. That's G. right. Um, and listen, uh, uh, just, final note. I know a lot of you guys are tweeting at me about the NBA Finals ratings being down and some of the worst ever. Like, yeah, we'll tackle that eventually. Like, I'm not diving into it in the middle of the series. I personally don't think it's a big deal because I like basketball. I like watching the games. Do I care that other people aren't watching the bubble games? I mean, I personally don't. It could impact the league, and we'll get to that, you know, at a later date. But um, it's the middle of football season, so I'm going to enjoy these crazy NBA finals and LeBron and Anthony Davis and uh, playoff Rondo, and I think you guys should too. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of general tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their general tire, test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment... Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. You know a guy. 
Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports. I know what sports fans want. But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does. Let's just say I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. All right, let's welcome into Straight Fire, a guy I've known for a while. I mean, you've seen him on TV uh, basically every day for the last, what, six, seven years. Field Yates of ESPN Field. How are you, man? I'm doing well. I was trying to think about when the first time we met was in person. I feel like it was have been Super an Bowl. indie. Yeah. You know what? You're right. It could have been a Super Bowl. Super Bowl or the Combine, Combine one of the yes. two. Uh, you are in a different different stage of your life, still uh, operating the big lead. Yes. And uh, now you've moved to the West Coast, mm-hmm. uh, very Hollywood in a lot of ways, oh, yeah, you know, on TV course. daily. Uh, moving on up in the world. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Whatever field. Um, l- let's get to you. Uh, you've become like something of a fantasy guru. You and Matthew Barry are this dynamic duo. You have this like uh, father-son shtick on social media that plays well. I want to ask you, we're a quarter way into the season. How how are your fantasy teams doing and how many leagues are you in? Yeah, so I'm in nine this year, which actually was a reduction um, <laughs> from, from previous years, which is so pathetic. Uh, there were some people, and, and I, I have learned this year that, like, and I think we, I shouldn't say I've learned this, but we've all been reminded this year that, like, everybody's going to react to circumstances differently. And one thing that I did see a little bit of this year was people who were less uh, interested in playing fantasy football at the outset of the season because they were concerned that maybe the season mm-hmm. wouldn't necessarily go fully as scheduled. Uh, maybe there might be some cancellations or postponements. Uh, maybe the NFL wasn't at the top of their mind when, uh, you know, early August rolled around because of what's going on in the world. So the league number dropped a little bit. Um, so I would say that I'm having this weird year. I don't remember a year like this where my teams feel like I either feel like I'm at the front of the pack in my league or I feel like uh, like my season's already over. And it's been a weird year, obviously, with injuries. I mean, depending on what league size you play in, one injury can devastate you. I play in a 16-team oh. league that we talk about frequently uh, on ESPN. It's called the War Room League. And it's a bunch of the people that you see as part of our, our NFL coverage. Jeff D and Mord and Barry and Stefania and Lewis Riddick and Brewski and our boss, Seth Markman, and, and a whole host of others, Rex Ryan and the Hasselbeck brothers and on and on and on. And I had this, uh, it's, a, it's a random draw every year. So I ended up with the third pick. Oh. I got Saquon in a 16-team league, and, you know, you lose your first-round pick at running back especially, and next thing you know, you're – I mean, you can't even bargain shop because in 16-team leagues, your uh, your available players week to week are – I mean, they're, they're third stringers. So, anyways, um, I feel as though this year I've got sort of this big gulf between the teams uh, in half my leagues and the other half of my leagues. So – uh, normally, I'd feel comfortable maybe halfway through the season. I'd have a better assessment that all my teams are kind of in the mix. This year, um, some don't feel quite as hopeful. Yeah, it, that's a perfect segue to the league this year because it feels like field that there's some really, really good teams at the top of the league that are awesome. And then you're yeah. going to see teams that are double-digit dogs every week. I mean, the Washington, I, I didn't even realize this. Washington has lost three straight games by two touchdowns or more. And they're um, a big, big underdog again this week uh, against the Rams. I, I mean, can, how much of this do you think can be attributed to no preseason, a strange offseason, and also some teams with new coaches, new quarterbacks, or young quarterbacks? Yeah, it's a good question because you're right. I, I, when I was thinking about my own fantasy teams, I did have the same thought in the NFL. I do uh, our power rankings. I'm part of the people that vote every week. And – the way ESPN does it is we have 
it's it's basically a spreadsheet and you start you have to you have to go one to 32 you have to answer them manually so when you get to like 11 or 12 you're like wow like <laughs> like who's next right like how do you separate from teams like you know for example a bunch of one in three teams like is dallas better than i mean even their own division philadelphia are they better you know, like, what do you do with a team like Minnesota now after they get one win? Does that mean we're in now? There are a lot of sort of middling teams. So what do we attribute it to? I'm not sure there's a perfect answer. Um, I think you hit on some of the points there. I think this year, though, maybe it feels like this past offseason, there was more quarterback turnover than we've seen in a long time. As we know, there was a very robust quarterback market this offseason. But because there was so much change, invariably it leads to some teams that – or a lot of teams, I should say, that have made a quarterback commitment. But as we know, like quarterback commitments don't always go well. So we do have some really – you know, obviously like two years ago, the Giants draft Daniel Jones. And it's too soon to count him out after his rookie season. And it's probably too soon to count him out – four games into his second. You sure but, about that? You sure? Well, I don't, you know, I think it's probably not pragmatic to do right, so if yeah, you're the Giants, yeah, right? Yeah. So, but what happened was we had enough teams that went into this year, either who had made a quarterback change this offseason or were already hitched to another quarterback, like, for example, the New York Giants or the Washington football team. And the reality is that as of right now, you can't tell me that Dwayne Haskins is a surefire long-term answer for Washington. Heck, I'm not even convinced it'll be the quarterback past like week five. Wow. Uh, as we know, there's a lot of steam and smoke surrounding that possibility right now. So I would just say that maybe that's part of it is just how much quarterback turnover there was and the idea that not all of those changes benefited the teams dramatically. And when I say quarterback turnover, while I am specifically referring to uh, this offseason, I think you have to sort of take it in totality with the past two offseasons and really maybe even the 2019 offseason yeah. as well. Um, speaking of quarterback changes, one team that's not going to be changing anytime soon, uh, Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. We saw them on Monday Night Football. And feel my big takeaway from that, I looked at the schedule. I was like, they're going to play down to the level of some teams like the Chargers and their division, right? And then the, uh, Brian Hoyer on Monday Night Football. But this team is pretty awesome. Um, you know, offensively, they can put points on anybody. And I looked at Patrick Mahomes' history, never lost a game. I think he's 28-7 and seven in the regular season. Never lost a game by more than a touchdown. So they're always in the mix. I think this team could seriously go 16-0. And before you scoff field, they only play, as of now, two teams that currently have a winning record. Buffalo and Tampa. Now, the Saints are on there. They ultimately will have a winning record. They're 500. But the schedule is a bit of a joke. Do you think 16-0 is feasible for the Chiefs? I don't think it's entirely off the table. Now, obviously, it's very difficult to do. It's happened just twice in the history of the NFL, and we'll see how things shape up with injuries and how the schedule catches up to teams or whether it does catch up to teams. Um, it's a fair question, though. And, you know, I thought Monday night's game with the Patriots, I actually thought it was just one of those, first of all, like two things you can always count on with the Patriots. They're going to have a plan, and they're going to play hard, Right. I also thought that that was an emotionally challenging game for either team to be 100% locked into, right? I mean, you thought on Saturday there was a chance the game might get canceled altogether, and then next thing you know, you got to turn around and play the game on Monday. It's already a little bit of a challenge for teams to get up with, you know, 14,000 fans in the stand. Normally, Arrowhead, one of the loudest yeah. places in all sports to go and play. So, I'm not betting against anything with the Chiefs this year, and 
um, on a bad night for them. And I say bad with almost air quotes, right? But on like a quote unquote bad night, they still find a way to, you know, piece it together uh, with complimentary football. Maybe that's been overlooked with the Chiefs is that we're so, and, and deservedly so, fixated on how great the quarterback and how great the offense is that defensively they've really become opportunistic, right? I mean, Honey Badger is always going to be a player that's going to make a mark in the course of a game. But Frank Clark, I mean, he's got a first step coming off the edge that feels borderline unparalleled right now in the NFL. So the Chiefs defense is no joke and something that I think is perhaps a little bit overlooked just because of how good they are offensively. Let me also ask you about uh, Pat Mahomes specifically. Uh, You know, it was two weeks into the season and everybody's like, oh, Russell Wilson, MVP. And then, you know, Aaron Rodgers is obviously there and there's Josh Allen who's been tremendous. I was so wrong about Josh Allen. Field, is there a kind of a LeBron James feel to Mahomes in that he's like the forgotten guy? If you just go basically, who's the best quarterback? Who would you want any one game? You know, some people are going to say Brady. Some people are going to say Rodgers. I, 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 I'm not betting against Pat Mahomes. He's got to be the guy. Uh, are people yeah. overlooking him? Should he not, not be in the MVP discussion automatically every year? Yeah, it should start with him every year is what we're learning. And you know, it's going to be really hard, right? Because uh, last year we saw the Chiefs without Patrick Mahomes and they actually fared pretty yeah. well, right? I, I think Matt Moore went, was it two and one, three Something and one? Something like that, yeah. Um, it, it was competitive, right? So people will say like, hey, isn't the argument that this team is actually better than we give it credit for besides Patrick Mahomes? And I think to myself, all right, it's a good roster. But it doesn't mean that it's it has to be an imperfect roster for us to appreciate Patrick Mahomes' brilliance. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a fair. It's actually a fair comparison because I do think that the LeBron. I, I'm I'm more of a football guy than a basketball guy, obviously. But the LeBron conversation, obviously, is one that I follow closely every year as we get into the MVP voting part of the NBA calendar. And it's a good one for Patrick Mahomes. I do think, Jason, that whether people that vote will concede it or not, I think it's really human to uh, latch on to narratives during the course of a season. I know the NBA has had that, you know, I think that's been more front and center, right? The Russell Westbrook year after KD leaves, triple-double season, basically have to give him the MVP, even though the team was not great. And obviously there were players that uh, had a much more decided impact on a team that would go on to much more uh, postseason success. But I would say that with um, Mahomes, you know, I think we are, there are going to be years where, you know, right now, what's been the most thrown around stat of the first month plus of the NFL season? The fact that Russell Wilson has never received an MVP vote. If Russell Wilson keeps up this torrid pace, and I don't mean torrid as in like going to throw for 60 touchdowns torrid, but if he throws 5,000 yards, 40 touchdowns, let's say the picks are somewhere around five or fewer maybe eight or fewer, and they win 12 to 13 games? I mean, what's the chance that Russell Wilson gets a whole bunch of MVP votes? And the answer is probably very, very high. Not quite a sympathy victory, but he's going to definitely get votes. You're right. The media is obsessed with that stat field. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. 
<sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my! Look at that! He is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Toyo tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Toyo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. You know, and this next guy I want to talk about, the media has a weird infatuation with this guy. And I like him. But we need to have an honest Dak Prescott discussion field. You know the quarterbacks. You know the coaches. You know the teams. I just see Dak Prescott as a good quarterback. Not not great. Not top five. I don't think he's top seven. None of the DVOA stats bear that out. And I just don't understand the idea how they can... You know, people can think, oh, yeah, Jerry's got to give him $40 million uh, because he's kind of earned it because he's been, you know, he's a mid-round pick and he was paying, making nothing. Fields, he's making like $31 million this year. They can't afford a defense. They've got an offensive line kind of in shambles. They pay their running back a lot. They pay Amari Cooper a ton. If you pay Dak 40, this team is going to go nowhere for the next three or four years. And I've I, I, people just don't want to hear that argument. How do you handle the Dak Prescott you know, quarterback situation in Dallas. Yeah. So I think, so, okay. Some of what you said, I agree with some of that. I think uh, we have to sort of reassess in this regard is that it's not Dak, it's not Dak Prescott's fault or responsibility to decide how much Ezekiel Elliott or Jalen Smith or Lyle Collins or anybody else on that Cowboys roster makes. Right. And that, that's just not, his job at all. And you, you can't use 
potentially poor contracts paid to other players. And I'm not saying all of the guys that I just mentioned are terrible contracts, but the Cowboys have been heavy handed in some of their negotiations. No two ways about that. That's a great point. You can't, yeah, you can't say that, oh, that's, that, that should be held against Dak. And, you know, I don't know that I would use the justification that if Dak hit the open market, he would probably sign a contract close to, if not slightly north of uh, Deshaun Watson's deal because it's the open market, right? I mean, that's, that's different than extending yeah. with your team where you have less leverage. Um, but I think it's, 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 part of the, it's part of the thought process here. It's part of why Dak understood how much leverage he had is that the Cowboys made him an offer. And, you know, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I had all the nitty gritty of what the Cowboys' best and final offer was before the franchise tag deadline passed of something, let's just say, Jason, it was 33 and a half million bucks, okay. all right? How are you as Dak Prescott going to take 33 and a half million dollars per year when you can bet on yourself for one more season and potentially make, I, I really do believe, like 38, 39, 40 million dollars per year over a four or five year contract and do so if you hit the open market in whatever situation you desire. Okay, so well, hold on, um, Field, that, that's a great point, but... Ahead. Let's let's look at that open market, okay? Uh, you could look around the league and say, okay, some teams need a quarterback. But I use that Kirk Cousins example from a couple years ago with the Vikings, right? So they sign him, what do you make, like 29 mil a year, something around there. And they had a ready-made team. They had just gone to, what, the was it the NFC Championship game they lost with Case Keenum to Philly? Yes. Okay. And so they pay him, and they're like, all right, we got Kirk Cousins. We're ready to take that next step. And... It didn't really work out, and then, what, three years? I think they won one playoff game in New Orleans with Kirk Cousins, maybe. With, yeah, yep. One, okay. And then, you know, they had to pay the rest of the team, and they lose, like, what, five, four, five, or six starting defenders, and that team is nowhere near the playoffs this year. And in hindsight, I, I don't know, Field, talk me out of it, but I don't think it's possible to sign a guy to 38 million as, as you talked about and say we can build around Dak I mean is there a team out there on the open market that would do it maybe a John Elway in Denver or yeah. a, a team but I look up and down the league I don't see one I mean it sounds good to to Dak bet on uh, yourself yeah there will be one there will definitely be one and here's the reason why is a lot of people at the top of these organizations are fickle uh, you've got owners that are impatient. You've got general managers that have no choice but to win now. And so I, this is, again, this is not reporting. This is not information that I have. Right. I'm just going to start to like quickly build cases, okay. right? So let's say he hits the open market. Uh, what if you're Washington? You say, and Dwayne Haskins isn't the answer. There's a team, right? Just, just, just going to keep rifling through these. Okay. Hey, what if you're the Bears? You can unload Nick Foles, uh, obviously Mitch Trubisky. You need a quarterback. You willing to do that? What if Ryan Pace gets one more shot and they say, we can't draft anybody because we're picking 17th, yeah. right? And you get one more shot with a good roster, uh, presumably. What if Ben Roethlisberger retires? Uh, if, if the Steelers, I mean, I, I don't have, I mean, he obviously is under contract beyond this season, but what if he's like, I'm done, I'm good. What if Indianapolis gets somewhat down the road, but not quite far enough and Philip Rivers decides, I'm going to go coach that, that high school team that already have a job uh, waiting for me, <laughs> right? right? right. You, could, you could see that situation. What if the Raiders finally pass the torch on Derek Carr, right? There's a team that I think, um, you know, would, would, would have a better shot to acquire a quarterback through free agency than they would uh, through the draft. 
Uh, the Saints have a lot of money tied up on the cap, yeah. but if Drew Brees retires, who knows, right? I mean, they're gonna—they have a really good roster besides Drew Brees. Uh, are they gonna want to just, you know, necessarily implicitly trust uh, Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston? But if the Jaguars are like, you know, something, we're closer than we thought. Ah. Remember how Miami? <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you. But but Miami two years ago was building this thing back up from the from the bottom, right? And then who was more aggressive in free agency this past off season than Miami? Yeah. So teams. Uh, change their game plans quickly. So uh, I understand that right now, while we don't have a sense, there's no reported sense of where Dak would be interested because for all we know, he, he intends to be a cowboy for life. Yeah. There will be a market for Dak Prescott. Hmm. Now, two of those teams make sense because they're contenders. Like the Colts, I would, I, I think there's something probably there. They have a lot of young guys on that defense they haven't had to pay yet. But, you know, t- teams that are like the Saints, they got to pay Kamara. Uh, well, they did pay Kamara, right? And Michael Thomas and... Yeah, and those yep. contracts add up. And that's what makes the NFL so fascinating, does it not? I mean, it's so difficult, given the salary cap, to pay a quarterback top dollar and still build around him. Yeah, it's a tough one. You know, the salary cap, it, it, it is, I think I always find it to be one of the things that is most compelling and interesting for people to discuss um, in, in any circle, right? I mean, everybody loves talking about the salary cap. That's why I always, like, fans are, and I, I don't mean this, I include myself as a fan in this conversation. We're obsessed with the salary cap. And here's the reason why. If our team is bad, we like the salary cap because it usually correlates with us having a bunch of cap space going forward, right? So, hey, if you're a team like, and I'm just going to use them for an example, the Jaguars, you're saying to yourself, hey, I understand that we're a long ways away. We've got a ton of cap space, though. What if somebody comes available? And then when you're a good team, you get obsessed with the salary cap because, you know, you're worried about the constraints that might place on your roster, who might have to go. You know, the Eagles, the Saints are amongst the teams that have a bunch of money um, that are, you know, t- tied to next year's salary cap. The Atlanta Falcons as well. They're going to have to make some interesting yeah. decisions. So. Um, this is going to be a super cliche answer, but there are more than one ways to skin yeah. the cat uh, with the salary cap. So I think the good teams ultimately, uh, and I know this is going to sound really ridiculous, but I've always used this line. Uh, the best way to avoid bad contracts in the NFL is to only do good contracts. <laughs> and I would say more so than other sports, I feel comfortable that like the public has a pretty good beat on when deals are bad the moment they're signed, right? Mm. Um, and in the NFL, while it's not impossible to get out of bad deals, it's certainly a lot trickier, right? I mean, Brock Osweiler was was an exception, and I think Brandon Cooks was an exception. Uh, David Johnson was an exception as well, obviously. Uh, <laughs> but it's hard, uh, generally speaking, to – I just I did not realize that all three of those deals involved the Texans. <laughs> the sure you um, didn't. <laughs> no, I, I really I – was, that was just names that came to mind. So, anyways, right. I do think that it's possible that some of these actually um, – you know, the – but just if you think of the bad deals from previous off seasons, a lot of times, like people are right on this. Yeah. Like people are right on it. Uh, the minute some of these deals, um, you know, are, are, are signed. So this Carson Wentz deal is going to be interesting, right? Cause they are going to have to start making sacrifices here in the next couple years. And you can already see their skill position players are down significantly. I know a lot of them are hurt. Uh, the defense is still pretty good. But when they had Carson Wentz on the rookie deal, they were able to build a lot of really talented players. They had one of the best rosters in the league. I don't know that I could say that, you know, what, three years after their Super Bowl, that they're still there. Baltimore's a great example, right? Lamar on the rookie deal. I think they have the second most expensive defense, according to Football Outsiders, in the league. 
and yeah. you've got you you know you've got really good running backs, you've got strong tight end, uh, wide receiver. Y- you see these smart teams go get a receiver, uh, a DeAndre Hopkins for Kyler Murray. Um, I, I, a team like Cincinnati is plucky all of a sudden, right? They could be active next summer. Hey, we got Burrow. We got an opportunity to make the leap. What? Why not surround Burrow with uh, you know AJ Green's not the guy he was. Should we go out and? pay lavishly for a wide receiver. Is, isn't that the, the current model? Yeah, it is. And, you know, by the way, those Bengals were atypically aggressive this past offseason in free agency. Mm-hmm. Normally the Bengals are spectators. They just watch it and they just wait for Schefter notifications like the rest of us. <laughs> Instead, they actually went out there and they made some moves. They signed DJ Reader to a four-year contract worth close to $50 million. He's a defensive tackle. They spent money along the offensive line. Some of that might have been uh, ill-fated decisions. In the secondary, they signed both Trey Waynes and Mackenzie Alexander. Uh, three years for Waynes at $42 million. Mackenzie Alexander was a one-year $4 million deal. They signed Von Bell to a three-year $18 million deal from the Saints. A team that rarely gets in the mix got in the mix. So you're right. So one of the things that I just am sort of thinking about this and realizing this as we're uh, having this conversation further is that, you know, with these um, – like with NFL salary cap building, because there's 53 players, it's a lot harder for us to find a one-size-fits-all strategy. Not that the NBA is simple, but I think we've realized that like a frequently successful model of late is you know star-saturated rosters, two to three superstars, and you do well around the margins with players that are either drafted uh, on rookie deals, and obviously those are cost-controlled, or you find guys that are motivated to compete for a championship and are willing to sacrifice a lot of money along that journey. So in the NFL, it's a little bit more difficult because you've got 53 different players and you know the quarterback is always going to be the biggest variance point on your roster. If you've got a quarterback on a top-of-the-market deal, it limits your ability to spend elsewhere. But if you've got a quarterback on a rookie deal or you're in a really unique situation like Cam Newton with the Patriots this year, it allows you to do some different things that you wouldn't necessarily be able to do um, if you had a Carson Wentz or if you had, you know, at the top level, a Deshaun Watson or a Patrick Mahomes. Uh, last question, Field Yates. Let me ask you about what I think is probably the most fascinating Week 5 game. I'm just curious as to your breakdown. Colts at Browns. Colts are favored by 2.5, and, uh, and it's, it looks like it's headed toward 3. Indy is the stat darling right now. They're uh, at the yeah. near the top of the DVOA charts for efficiency. I know they've played kind of a weak schedule. Um, and the Cleveland Browns are the very public, oh my gosh, they're three and one. They just hung f- like almost half a hundred on the Cowboys. Um, a- any thoughts here on Colts at uh, Cleveland? Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the schedule part of Indy because that's been one of the criticisms that I've seen. I had a stat earlier on a Tuesday about the Packers and like a really historic start uh, with some of the stuff that they were doing um, offensively. And people immediately retorted with, you know, a lot of it was, hey, this is awesome. This is great. Um, Packers are, are awesome. And, and, and once again, Aaron Rodgers rocks. And then there were some that were like, dude, they played like some awful, awful teams. And I always say like, it's not, they don't, they don't choose their schedule. Right. And beyond that is you also have a, like, you know, I, I, I don't like just because they have played a weak schedule, the Colts, I would say that's a fair assessment. Like, you know, it could also be that they eventually, like, they're still a pretty darn good defense. It'd be a really interesting matchup. So I think it's a good litmus test for the Colts defense because the Browns are the most explosive offense they face so far, even without Nick Chubb. Um, 
Baker Mayfield has been a much improved player uh, so far this year. I think he's kind of the lever player for them. Like if he continues to play really well, and I think in a lot of ways playing really well for Baker is avoiding the egregious mistakes and playing with a certain confidence and composure. I don't need Baker Mayfield throwing for 350 yards in a game to feel as though he's playing at a really high level and what the Browns need to win. If that can keep up, then Cleveland's got a chance to be frisky. My last point on Cleveland that I – want to continue to be consistent on is because of the Browns and because they've lived in the bottom of the NFL standings for basically the past two decades, when they start to do some nice things, Jason, our immediate reaction is, okay, how, like, are they a Super Bowl contender? Can they hang with the Chiefs? I'm like, hold on. <laughs> there is a stage in between being the worst team in the NFL and being ready to beat the Chiefs that I think is totally acceptable, right? We see teams – on the rise. Sometimes it takes some time for teams to reach their apex. And even the Chiefs, I understand it was a rather rapid ascent, but like that first year when they played the Patriots in the AFC championship game, it felt kind of like there was still one more level to them. Well, that's what we saw. One more level and they've now reached that level. For the Browns, I think it's a handful of levels before they get to the Kansas City threshold, but at least they've started to, like, they're at least on the up escalator as opposed to the down escalator. Where my jets are, unfortunately. Uh, (laughs) All right, Field Yates, hey, great stuff, man. Uh, We won't get into the jets. I'll save that for next time after they fire Gates. All right, man, hey, hey, good stuff. Keep up the good work and all. Do you want to plug anything? I know you're Mr. Fantasy and... Yeah, you've got like hair products that you're selling now, are you? Uh, I know your Instagram very lucrative. Good agenting, right? Yeah, um, he's a great guy. Yeah, it's right. We share we share representation, yes. so that certainly works. Um, they, they do a great job. And uh, what I would say here is, uh, in terms of plugging things, I, I just want to know when your Jets podcast comes out. That's a, <laughs> that's what I'm plugging. I'm plugging your Jets podcast for you. I want to listen the, to that. The one I'll start when they get Trevor Lawrence. Jeez. Please, um, I'm ready for it. Uh, well, that's a, it's a, I, so uh, last thing I'll say, because I know we got to go here, is it's a long ways away. But I think that's one of the most interesting conversations and debates that we'll have that I don't, there is not a right and there's not a wrong yeah. answer out of the gates, is if the Jets had the first pick, do you keep Sam Darnold and trade the pick? Do you basically put it up for auction? Do you trade Sam Darnold and, and draft Trevor Lawrence? I don't think you keep both of them. I think that's probably uh, that's bad for both parties if you draft Trevor Lawrence and still keep Sam Darnold as the backup. This is not the same conversation as Kyler Murray and Josh no. Rosen because not not even close. I think it would be a really fascinating conversation for the Jets but, to have but isn't at some it, point down the line. Field, isn't it a little – I mean, the, the new GM did not draft Darnold, and once Gaze gets bounced, the new coach is not tied to Darnold. So – to me, it's pretty automatic. You draft Lawrence, and I think you make – do you make it an open competition? I don't think you make it an open competition. And the reason why is that some – court like, the pressure it would immediately place on uh, Trevor Lawrence. And I, is that, like, let's say he comes out of the gates, and I can't imagine the Jets go from what they have right now with the skill group to looking like the Chiefs out there with the skill group by the start <laughs> of the 2021 season. So I think if you bring in Trevor Lawrence, part of what you're signing up for is – the, the bumps along the, along the road, right? I mean, it's, it's going to be some, uh, some growing pains. It's going to be some days where you wonder if, you know, he wishes he had stayed at Clemson for one more year. Stop. And then there are going to be moments where it's brilliant. And you're going to say to yourself, 
wow, this is why Trevor Lawrence currently, and we're having this conversation early October, is regarded as the best quarterback prospect probably since Andrew Luck and maybe right there since like the 83 draft class. I mean, that's how, how, that's how excited we are about Trevor Lawrence right now. Yeah. All right, Field. I won't take up any more of your time. Thanks a lot, man. Keep up the good work and uh, good luck enjoying the season and with your fantasy nine teams. <laughs> yeah, I'll take three championships if that could happen. <laughs> All right, man. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.